Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the True Wealth Podcast, where we discuss the well-being of a Christian business owner and the different facets of growing a business, all from a Christian perspective. Welcome to the True Wealth Podcast. I am your host, Shewadeyemi. Thank you very much for joining us once again. Yeah, because the cost of not just set, uh, registering the, 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 the foundation and also the yearly audit and then tax requirements from the CRA, the audits, the professionals you have to pay to make sure your books are done properly and to prove that the money was given to the places you said it was, those costs can really add up very quickly. But using a donor advised fund, you don't really need to set up your own foundation. You can still accomplish the the things that are close to your heart, which is the given ways you want to give without the excess cost and I guess the headaches that come with it. Yeah, yeah, and I would also say that uh, pre-COVID, before this time, it was taking people anywhere from a year to 18 months to get a registered chair or a registered uh, private foundation through CRA to get it all the paperwork done. Uh, now, since COVID, of course, that's all been shut down, so it's been it would it's a lot longer. So it's not unusual to spend a couple of years now. Uh, to be able to uh, just try to get registered as a private foundation. So, whereas with with a donor donor advised fund at CNCF, uh, you can do it the same day. Same day. So it's obviously if I if I need to give this money now and I'm like why why would I waste the time um, a year and a half or so trying to set up a a private foundation, trying to get it registered, get all the licensing requirements when I can just use a donor advised fund. That is really- yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, switching gears a little bit, what estate planning uses have you seen donor advised used for? Yeah, estate planning is often using uh, donor advised funds. And so let me give you a couple uh, illustrations of that. So if a person sets up their estate plan, they oftentimes will want to give to charity in their plan, and that's a good idea. And especially if you've got an RRSP or a RIF in your portfolio of investments, of course, there's all kinds of reasons why you might want to give that to charity because of the high tax ability on it in in an estate. Uh, But without getting into all of that stuff, I would just say that it's really important that you – could use a, a donor advised fund and for these reasons. So let's suppose that, uh, in fact, I did a webinar just last night and I had somebody at the end of the webinar ask the question, so what if I want to give my RRSP directly to charity? Because Canada Revenue Agency says you can give, you can name a beneficiary on your RRSP to your spouse And in the event of your death, that money just rolls over to your spouse without any tax uh, uh, on it. And the spouse, then now the spouse would be taxed on it as they received that money. But uh, it's it's called a tax-free rollover. Well, at death, uh, if you don't have a spouse, there is no tax-free rollover. So at death, you're going to be giving that to your children or to somebody else. Well, now it becomes fully taxable in your estate before it gets to anybody. So it could be as much as 50%, depending on your income in the final year of your life, you could find that 
that as much as 50% was, is going to go to Canada Revenue Agency for tax on it. Well, this, this lady asked me last night, she said, so if, can I have a beneficiary on my RRSP to charity? I said, yes, you can. Canada Revenue Agency put in place a few years ago that you can have two beneficiaries. You could have your spouse as your primary and you could have a charity as your secondary beneficiary. If you did that and your spouse predeceases you, now the money goes directly to charity. It does not go through your estate. It's not in probate. It's not all caught up in all that stuff. No, hmm. no legal fees coming out of it. It's just going directly. And the charity then issues a tax credit directly back to your estate and offsets all of the tax. So that's problem number one solved. But her question was, but I'd like to give it to three charities. So do I have to put three charities as my secondary beneficiary? I said, no, actually we have a better option. And that is that you could use the Canadian National Christian Foundation. And by doing that, you set up a, 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 your will would say, I want my charitable giving, or in this case, my RRSP, the beneficiary, secondary beneficiary, is CNCF. Now what happens at CNCF when they receive the money? We have a letter of direction on file from the donor that says, when when you receive this money, here are the three charities I want you to give that to. So now we're giving that money out to those three charities in the percentages that this lady would want. Mm -hmm. As I said to her, the advantages are these. You So let's suppose that one of those three charities is your church. But somewhere along the line, over the years, you've changed churches, and you wouldn't no longer give to the church that you originally planned. You would now give to your new church instead. I said, if you want, all you'd have to do, and the case that you're set up where the beneficiary is CNCF, is you just notify, have a new letter of direction on file with us at the time you changed churches, and we solved the problem. Had you put the church's name on the line in your RRSP, now you'd have to go back and change that. That's a lot more difficult. If you put it in your will, same thing. You'd have to go to the lawyer and change it in your will. But by having the beneficiary to name the CNCF and then having it go from there to the chair. Sorry about that. Uh, have it go from there to the charity uh, would would help solve your problem because now you don't have to come back and talk to a lawyer, pay for a codicil, have your will change, none of that. And one of the, as you're speaking about, one of the strategies that I also find neat is that um, when families want to give to um, charities in their will, and in some cases there is a concern that, especially if it's a smaller charity or like the, like the local church, if you, so some of the concerns may be, do you really want to give this charity huge amount of money up front, especially if they may be concerned that the charity may not have the capacity to handle such a huge windfall at the um, like right away. So one of the advantages could be that you the the donor could instruct the um, CNCF in this case. I want this money is given to this charity, but at this intervals. Yes, exactly. That's that's a very good point because sometimes, if you're, especially if you're giving to a smaller charity, and if your RSP was a fairly large sum, 
as I talked to a member, uh, a couple in Saskatchewan that were farmers and had retired, had sold their farm to their boys. The boys were paying them an income for life, so they didn't need their RSP. And when I came to it, I said, so what are you going to do with this? He said, I don't know, but I don't really need it. So, but I can't touch it because it's so highly taxed. Well, they had hundreds of thousands of dollars saved up in their RSP. And I said, are you aware that you could give this directly to charity now? He said, well, how can I do that? I said, well, we can actually apply to Revenue Canada. And as long as it's over $50,000, we can apply and ask them to allow you to gift it directly to charity without any withholding tax, which we did and which they approved and he was able to do. So, but then when it comes time to giving it, you know, he didn't want to give it all at once to some of the small charities because one of them was a small local charity in the town he lived. And he said, you know, if they got 50 grand, that's probably their whole budget for the year. Mm-hmm. They would probably just stop raising funds for that year and then next year they'd be in trouble. So that's he right. spread it out over a period of, of a number of years. So it's a really smart way to set up your estate plan and even set up your wishes that when you're gone, um, the local charities you support, the causes you're passionate about, you can help them for a couple of years down the road. And you can really help them because sometimes giving them too much money up front can actually hinder what they're trying to do, just like you said. But spreading it out over every year, give the charity X amount of money, it still helps the charity to make sure they're doing what they need to raise the funds they can, but also supports them in a tangible way that they can see the difference and it can make a big difference. Yeah, and another one that I've seen done um, recently was where a donor had um, been a, a fund had been funding children in third world countries, and they had been using this particular charity to fund children in third world countries, and so they set up a donor advised fund to make sure that if anything happens to them, there is going to be money in there to cover these kids until they're eighteen, because that's when they age out of the system. So it allowed them to make sure that even if they're not around, because they, they, in their case, they happen to keep funding new children all the time. When this one ages out, they add another one in. And they had about 18 or 20 kids, as I recall, that they were sponsoring. Uh, but they wanted to make sure that these uh, 20 kids could be sponsored. Well, once we did an estate plan with them, we found out that they had a huge amount of tax in their estate. They decided to give more away out of their estate. So they, I remember this person saying to me afterwards, we thought we could fund 20 children, uh, sponsor 20 children out of our estate. We found out it was actually 43 because of the amount of tax we would have had. So now we're going to be funding a lot more kids, uh, but we're also going to be making sure that they're funded until they're 18 years old and age out of the system because we've got the funds set up in the donor advised fund. Wow, that's a really, really, really smart strategy because it's like I can't think of a better way to maximize your giving efforts because, I mean, at the end of the day, um, I believe as Christians, uh, we are called to be generous. And if I can increase my ability to be generous without necessarily increasing the amount I'm giving out of pocket, like using um, RSPs, using um, stocks, using real estate or different things, it, it then it just it maximizes my efforts because one i get that i i I believe the the charitable tax receipt you get really should be secondary but more so than anything 
the recipients get more money than it otherwise would. Or you, like in this case, he helps way more people than he would have been able to help um, had he given the, the gifts directly. So That's correct. Then, sorry, you want to say something? No, I just said that's correct. Correct. So what happens in the event that the funds are sitting in this donor advice fund and like when a, when, when a client opens an account with them, do they usually have to, well, actually, no, I think we covered that already. My, my question was more in the event that the donor passes away, but they haven't um, set up who, I guess, the advisor on where they want the donations to go. How does that work? Yeah, so when they fill out the form with us, uh, when they set up a donor advised fund, we always ask them for an alternate advisor. So if something happened to them, who would you want giving advice on this? So it might be your kids, it might be uh, it might be somebody else, might be your spouse. Uh, if by chance they didn't put anybody on there, or if they maybe did, and the person they had on there was actually predeceased them, and now that they have, uh, as I like to say, they've now graduated to heaven and left this money behind, the CNCF then would use that for its charitable purposes. And a lot of the charitable purposes that, if so, so what I'm saying is there's now nobody to advise us on how to give that money out. Uh, that money would be used for charitable purposes that CNCF does. And that happens to be things like uh, financial stewardship training in churches, helping young couples get out of debt, uh, we do a lot of work in that area and training what the Bible has to say about money and uh, and finances and possessions. And that's money would then get used for that kind of thing uh, because nobody else was there to advise us on what else to do with it. So one question I have in mind here is it's a great tool to get my tax receipt up front and but i can choose who i want to i can choose who and when i want to make these contributions now of the funds that you receive is there can you speak to maybe a percentage that's actually disbursed in the first year or let's say in the first five years or do you have things in your rules that say when we receive these funds um we, a part of it or some of it or all of it should be dispersed within X, a specific time period. Yeah, we do not have a specific time period. For some reason or other, though, we have seemed to attract donors who want to give it all out right away. So most chair, most foundations, public foundations today uh, are holding on to the money. In fact, I hear uh, people trying to lobby the government to say that that money should be going more to charity and not sitting in a fund, which I totally agree with, uh, and we do. So, for example, last year, uh, we had uh, just over 17 million monies that came into the foundation, and 16 million went out. So we <laughs> we, we really are a faith-based organization because we give out pretty much all that comes in in a year. Uh, just because, I don't know, as I say, some reason or other, we seem to have donors that want to do that. Now, a lot of the foundations out there will restrict how much you can give out in a year. We do not. Uh, we don't force them to give it out, but we're running out at about uh, 60%. On, on average, about 60% of what we bring in goes out in the same year. 
Uh, so it's usually public stock. We're selling the stock, turn it into cash, and the donor gives it out to the charities they want to give to. So, uh, but a lot of the charities are controlling it. They're, or, or sorry, the uh, a lot of the foundations are controlling how much you can give out, and they'll say, well, you can give out up to 10%. Uh, we do not do that. We do not restrict. You could give it all out if you want. So that's more a an individual foundation policy, not a government policy, because there's been some public discourse about how this is a great tax planning tool, but the the recipients never actually receive the money because for years and years these donations are sitting in the foundations they're not doing anything um they're not going to the recipients but the donor has received this tax break five ten years ago but if the money is not being used what's the point of it yeah there has been public discourse on that for sure there is a rule canada revenue agency does have a rule for foundations we have to give out a minimum of three and a half percent uh, so it's pretty low. So that's probably why we have the discourse going on about you know, the money's all sitting there. That is true, unfortunately, with a lot of foundations. Uh, the interesting, the city that I live in, which I will just leave out of this for the moment, is uh, has a public foundation with the city name on it. And I know the gentleman that is the executive director. I met with him. And they're quite a large foundation. They have a lot of money that they manage. Uh, in comparison, we're pretty small compared to what they would have and the, the hundreds of millions that they have. Uh, but what I learned was we actually gave out more the year before I met with him than they did. And he went, he said, he was kind of telling me about how much they had given out. And he said, so how much did you guys give out? And I told him and he went, whoa, wow, that's a lot for the size you are. I go, yeah, we have a lot of people. He said, so you allow them to give it all out? right up front if they want? Yes, we do. Because we believe that we want to get the money into the hands of the charities to be working with. See, Sion, here's the thing for me. I don't want to be standing in front of the Lord someday and have him say, why did you hold all that money in the foundation? Why didn't you get that into my work? Mm-hmm. That's, that's why even as you're talking about that, it's, it's so important that uh, for donors, the foundation you give to also really matters. It's not just a matter of, yes, I get this, I, I, I give to this foundation and I get this charitable tax receipt. It's also what's the ethics of the foundation? Are, they act, are the funds actually getting to the recipients in time? Are you actually funding the work of God or whatever it is you're passionate about? So, I mean, picking the, picking the specific foundation is, is also a key part of the stewardship process, I would say. Agreed. So I guess that answers most of my questions today. It's um it's really eye opening and I I I can I can see multiple uses of it, even to some of the things you mentioned earlier as when you're given stocks, you're given real estate. Some of these things, there's a lot of hassle, especially when it's real estate. When you try, real estate is not liquid for one, and um, sometimes that you need to either sell it. And I know the headache that can go through selling it, the listing, and the time it takes, and finding the right buyer, and a whole bunch of other potential issues. Uh, a donor can basically just avoid all of that and just here, this just change the deed to the real estate and let you guys handle everything else and get my tax receipt and walk away or pretty much 
Yep, that's pretty much it. Well, that's that's amazing. I I I cannot thank you enough, Lauren, for this opportunity to talk about this. Um, I I'm very passionate about God's work. I'm very passionate about stewardship, stewardship and accountability. That's really actually the name, the 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 meaning behind our name, SA Capital Advisors. Uh, it's helping families, helping believers, business owners steward the resources that God has given them. And donor advice funds is just one of those avenues that listeners today, if you are in a position where God has blessed you tremendously and you want to give, but you're not quite sure who to give to, where to give to, but you need to make that contribution today so that you can avoid that tax um, that tax hits um, today, a donor advice fund is definitely a tool you should consider. Uh, Lauren, before we wrap up today, can you tell our listeners where they can find you and where they can get information if they want to connect with you? Yes, absolutely. So we're, our website is uh, www.cncf.ca. So Canadian National Christian Foundation, cncf.ca. And you can also email us uh, info at, so I-N-F-O, info at cncf.ca and ask any questions you want. You could also email there and say, uh, if you send an email to us and said, we'd like to do an estate plan because I need somebody to kind of look at my uh, estate or my will situation, we can also do that for you as well. Thank you very much for your time, Lauren. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Have yourself a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to the True Wealth Podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at True Wealth Pod. You can get in touch by sending an email to podcast at truewealthpodcast.ca or by visiting truewealthpodcast.ca.